and welcome to the first and ten fantasy show. Um, we are going to be doing more of the same as last week, really. Uh, we're going to look ahead to a few games for this weekend. Um, we're going to look at some of the trades that have gone on in first and ten leagues this week, and we're going to once again look ahead to a college player, someone who will be in your draft next year. But first, I'll introduce everyone who's with me tonight. Um, first up, Josh. How are you, Josh? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks, Dave. Good evening, everybody. Yeah, so I heard you last night. You're you Miles. Well, we'll get to Miles in a sec. Just summing up my thoughts on the Patriots. So, you know, go listen to, <laughs> go listen to that podcast if you, uh, if you want to hear some some very optimistic Patriots fans, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> well, Miles, what to bring you in? You know, Mac Jones, what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Um, not a good fantasy prospects, not a good real life prospects. Yeah, I think that sums it up, doesn't it? But you know, what can you do? We're not talking Patriots tonight, so that's good. Um, and finally, we've got David. You're right. Yeah. Good evening. How's everyone doing? Yeah, not bad. Not not so chirpy this week after that Bears performance. Yeah, man. I'm just uh, I'm sick of Aaron Rodgers, and I'm I'm sick of the Packers. To be honest, sick. I'm sick of it. I think we are. Not, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, no one likes the Packers, really, do they? No. People talk about the Patriots, but the Packers are clearly the worst team in the league. It makes <laughs> them. Um, well, we will be talking about the Packers later. Um, I mean, first up, we're going to your game, Josh. Uh, we've got the Bills and the Dolphins. I mean, both teams coming in off of pretty big wins. Well, not so huge margin, but you know, big, big wins for teams. Um, I mean, how do you think it'll go this week? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a lose-lose situation being a Patriots fancy in these two teams starting off so brightly. Um, I think it was very expected that Buffalo were going to go strong again. I think they're quite probably running away with the clear favouritism for the Super Bowl after just two weeks, maybe. Two very strong performances. Um, I mean, I've, I've looked quite closely at these quarterbacks. Obviously, we know the capabilities of Josh Allen um, can win a game either with his feet or with his arm. Quite interesting looking at last night's game that he actually only had one rush, um, which is very unlike Josh Allen. Um, another th- over 300 yards and four touchdowns and nearly 300 yards in week one. Um, his mobility is quite scary. I mean, he should be putting any team in a position to win a game. Um, looking on the other side of the ball, you've obviously got Tua. I mean, I mentioned it last night on the podcast, but... I think my word, first word was wow. Um, that week two performance is probably the reason that Miami drafted him. That's what they expected probably more than just one week, probably week in, week out. Um, performances like that, though, throughout the season, I think Miami will be in a good position to make a playoff push. Um, uh, probably not going to push Buffalo for the division, but uh, should be quite comfortable to get in those playoffs if they carry on like they have been doing. Um, from... A wide receiving point of view, I think you're looking at Buffalo. Um, I think there's only one name that stood out again last night in Stefan Diggs. Um, coming off the back of last year where he hit over 1,200 yards, um, 10 touchdowns, a very steady season. He's already got four in the first two games. and I mean, he's over 250 yards already. Fantasy-wise, obviously, the points are massive. 44 points again yesterday. Probably somebody that if you've got him in your team, you're not even considering whether you're starting him or not alongside Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, and well, 
So go back to Tua. I mean, are you buying this? Is this what? Obviously, maybe not six touchdowns every week, but do you think he is a a quarterback that you can feel confident starting in your fantasy teams weeks a week? Because I mean, we've seen some ups and downs from him so far in his career. Yeah, and I think it's very difficult. I, I, I keep repeating myself on these podcasts at the minute, but we're only two weeks into a season, so it only takes one good week and one bad week, and you can be swayed either way. I think when you start getting to probably week six or seven, halfway through that season, then you can see if you put another four or five good performances in, then yeah, maybe we do start buying it. From a fantasy um, perspective, I've got him in a couple of my leagues. He actually uh, won me uh, one of the games um, in the first and ten, one of the first and ten divisions with fifty points. Um, because I ended up having, uh, I think it was Gabe Davis last night, who didn't even play. So I somehow won with a player short and it was down to two, but he was my second second quarterback. So as a QB2, yeah, I'd probably uh, be dropping him in there most weeks. Probably not as a QB1 in fantasy, though. Yeah. I've, um, I've, I've always quite liked to him. Um, Dave, Dave, you know this. I, I liked him when he was at Bama. I liked him when he was coming out. I just, I think this season is probably the first season he's had the scheme for him he's had weapons I think when we saw Josh Allen and, and Lamar Jackson come in and, and they were successful it's because they were schemed for and and the coaches helped them out and they had weapons put around them and they were helped out I don't think Tua's ever really had that I don't think that um Brian Flores ever really took to him I don't think the OCs that were there at the time the, the joint double act I can't remember who they were but I don't think they really took to him there was all of the Deshaun Watson rumors but I think finally they're scheming for him and they've given him weapons and I think I think that, um, yeah, I think this season, I, I think he's going to be good to her. I've, I've always been quite high on him anyway, but I think the coach will, the coach has surrounded him with weapons and I think he's going to scheme for him as well. And we also saw as well at the weekend, the arm, I thought the arm looked good. Mm. Yeah. So I think, I think last season, a lot of it was, he just never looked particularly confident, did he? And I mean, it's pretty easy to see why. I mean, he's, uh, he didn't really, they, they haven't really given him much until this season to really help. I know he had Waddle last year, but other than that, it wasn't a great deal for him to throw to, was there? And, I mean, he looks like a different player now. He's got an, an, another proper weapon in Tyreek Hill. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just a bit easier for him now. I think the, the, the margin for error is a bit bigger because he's just got players that can help him out. If he does, you know, if he does under throw a ball, they're going to go and get it, aren't they, where he hasn't really had that before. But, I mean, Miles, easy one for you. Are we, are we starting Josh Allen this week? Uh, Josh Allen, obviously. Yes, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I joke. Um, I mean, on the Bill side, is there is there any players there that you sort of particularly stand out other than Diggs? I mean, Davis when he comes I mean, back. If, yeah, if if Gabe's back, then yeah. Um, they got a bit of production out of Jimmy Cook this week, but that was in garbage time. So I still don't trust starting him. I've got him in a few leagues, and I'm not. I'm not putting him anywhere near the starting lineup for a few weeks, I don't think, because Singletary's still the lead back and Moss is still, you know, about. And I just think that we're not going to, I mean, they're not going to rush James Cook in. I know they invested se- uh, second round uh, capital into him, but I just don't think that James Cook is someone I'm going to be touching for a while. But yeah, I do, I do like him. He showed he can run. He was efficient. I think he had like, 50 something yards on 11 carries last night so you know he's got you know potential there but yeah I don't really think there are many outside digs Davis and um Josh Allen there's not really anyone I'd be comfortable starting I mean Singletary in our podcast league I've got him as my RB3 behind Saquon and Swift but he's not really someone you'd want to look to as an RB1 or even two um most weeks I don't think. (laughs) 
Yeah, his ceiling is pretty limited, isn't it? I think just because there's, there's always going to be other carries going elsewhere, isn't there? Really, mm. I think both of these teams in the uh, running back department are probably behind where you'd maybe expect them to be if they are pushing for these Super Bowls. Um, like you've mentioned, Singletary and Moss, probably not two names that jump out in many leagues across everybody, to be fair. Um, and then, yes, there's some, probably some decent backs with Edmonds and Raheem Mostert at Miami. But I think with the, the focus on Tyreek and Waddle and the, the early games they've already had, which will probably push on throughout the season, the running back departments could be quiet at both these teams. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think for the Bills, most of it is going to come. It's garbage time, isn't it? They're never going to be the main part of the game plan, really, are they? Other than maybe the odd week, something might something weird might go on. But yeah, tough to start those players. Um, well, I think that's cut that pretty well. We'll move on to your game, Miles. Um, Vikings versus the Lions. I mean, two teams that had pretty different weeks this week, but I mean, might as well start with the Lions. I mean, there's one player in particular, isn't there, for fantasy. Uh, <laughs> Yes, needs to my hero, my hero. I'll I'll leave it to you. (laughs) He won me multiple championships last year, and he's he's bringing he's 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 bringing in the wins already this season. I love him. I can't believe he fell so low in the draft. I snagged him in the second round of a of a of a rookie the draft because I was like, he's my guy. Probably could have got him third. Don't care, whatever. Great player. Reason I discovered him actually was watching drake london who at usc and then i was like oh who's this other guy and then yeah like just a really really great talent i think he tied an nfl record for eight catches in eight consecutive games over the weekend um and the other two players to have that were mike thomas and and antonio brown so he's in great company he's obviously someone you're going to start every single week going forward especially in ppr he's an absolute machine he's getting peppered with targets Everything he touches just seems to just break for a big, big gain. Um, yeah, I, I, I could, I could go on and on about him, but you know, I won't because other side of the ball, you've got you know Justin Jefferson, who's even better than Amon Ra. So it's just I'm really looking forward to this matchup from a fantasy perspective because you've got two really good wide receivers there that can just break the game open, and you know we've seen them both go for over thirty points in a game uh, this season, so looking probably for maybe not that volume again, but I think Vikings, if they turn up like they didn't last night, then you're going to get a lot for um, for Jefferson. Both teams have reliable runners, but I'm leaning towards Swift a lot more this season because Cook just isn't really getting it done this year. I don't really know why. I think he'll be fine, but uh, at the moment he's looking a bit disappointing. Yeah. I mean, are the Vikings one of the more straightforward fantasy teams? Because they've basically got what, four players? You're just going to start them, aren't you? Four or five players. Start them all. There's not really... They don't really go to any other players too much, do they? It's sort of... It's Jefferson, mainly. It's Cook. Yeah, Jefferson, Cook. You're going to start yeah. Cousins if you need him. And then, after that, who else are you really play? Well, Phelan, Smith, sorry, Smith turned up last, last night. And, yeah. you know, he was out all last season. So, I think, you know, if he can take advantage of that team, then maybe he's a good player in, in some leagues. But I haven't... I think I did. I think I did have him, and I traded him for two hundred three, which ended up being St. Brown. So yeah, I love Irv Smith for that. <laughs> but yeah, they're both. I think the tight ends on both of those teams are quite annoying in fantasy because Hawk Hawk is like really good, but he's just not really getting the volume that we kind of expected. Mainly because there are so many other weapons on the team, 
And then Irv, I know he's been out a while, but again, a sort of high-powered offense, but not really a bit, bit inconsistent. But last night he was really good. So if they can keep it up, then maybe we can start making decisions later on in the season. But I just think right now, I mean, I've got Andrews in most of my league, so I don't have to worry about tight end. But Hawkinson's just, I think, really frustrating at the moment. And Irv... We'll see. I like him, but I think if if you've got him, you're probably gonna. He's probably not your best tight end, so probably don't need to worry about starting him too much. But you know, there are a couple of headaches I think in the tight end department. Yeah, I mean, well, David, we'll stick on Hawkinson. Is he is he someone that always suffers from being too good of an all rounder for for fantasy purposes? I mean, he's such a good blocker. A bit like I think sometimes Kittle gets in that role where he's just such a good blocker that. I mean, sometimes he's just not that involved in the passing game, but he's he's out there like nearly every snap. But I mean, do you think he that is is just one of them players? Is almost he's almost too good at the other stuff to really be a ever be a great fantasy uh, tight end? Yeah, very similar to to Kittle, as you say. I mean, Detroit try and run the ball a lot with um, Swift and and Jamal Williams as well. So he is out there for every snap, but he he's very frustrating. Um, I've got him in a couple of leagues. I really really liked him coming out, but then. He got stuck with, I think, Matt Patricia in his first year. So that, that was a bit of a down year. And then, Tough subject and then, on this podcast, that. <laughs> and, uh, and then a year later, I think he struggled with injuries <laughs> as well. But he's just, he's never really seemed to get going. He's never really had that big breakout game. He has games here and there where he does well. But yeah, he's never really, he's never really been what he could have been. And I think now he just gets caught up blocking more than he's more. And there's, there's more targets for Detroit. Going back to Amon Rice and Brown. I really, really like him as well. Um, I don't own him anywhere. I just, <laughs> I probably missed on him. Um, yeah. I didn't. Uh, I don't know. I just he never seemed to fall to me in drafts. So I was always taking someone else. But I think he's really, really good. He reminds me a lot of Cooper Cup in his early days because he takes them jet sweeps as well and them end arounds and things like that. He, he's he's decent all round. He can he move all around the formation. So yeah, I really like him. And and one more thing on Justin Jefferson. Probably my worst ever dynasty trade involved. Uh, Justin <laughs> I was there for that. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, all time bad. So it was before um, either of them had played a snap in the league. And I traded uh, Justin Jefferson and a second. No, I, I, I got a second and Jalen Rager for Justin Jefferson. That is, that is yeah, very tough, isn't killer. it? So yeah, brutal. So, but I I I paid expensive for him last year because I, I I think he's my favourite wide receiver in the league. But yeah, I, I stupidly traded him away early in the league before they'd even taken a snap, which was ridiculous. But yeah, tough times. I mean, Josh, um, St. Brown, obviously he's been incredible lately. But I mean, come next season, is he going to be a first round pick, or do you think he'll still fall a bit? Again, I'll I'll mention what I've already said. We're two games in. <laughs> eight games in a row with eight catches now. That's uh, I think it's eight, isn't it? Eight or nine? Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, I, I mentioned this in our season preview a few weeks ago that I really do like the look of Detroit this year. Obviously, come on big from last year. Uh, obviously, he's going to be a big part of that. Um, so, yeah, there's no reason why he can't be um, if he has a, a very strong year, keeps up these touchdowns and gets a couple of wins for the Lions, then there's no point. Then there's no reason, sorry, that he can't be a first-round pick in fantasy. And look, look mentioning the um, Vikings side, we didn't really mention Adam Thielen. I've took him in a couple of my teams. Um, probably a bit too inconsistent to to start week in, week out, um, but can sometimes come up second half in yeah. some games and uh, pick up some big catches for the Vikings. 
you're probably not going to have tons of options better than feeling are you every week to uh at least playing the flex or something like that aren't you he's, he's just a pretty solid player these days and maybe not the highs that he had a few years ago but yeah definitely a consistent performer isn't he um right we will move on to the cowboys and the giants um david i mean i think you're gonna look at uh one particular wide receiver but i'll hand that over to you um so giant side i mean david yeah. seals yeah, I've got um, I've got a sleeper for the Giants, and I've got a player. I'm going to ask the question: Can he be used for the Cowboys? But starting with the uh, Giants, uh, it's David Seals, possible X type receiver in in the Giants' offense. Um, for me, Sterling Shepard at the moment is the, is the clear wide receiver one. He was on the field for 66 of the 73 total Giants snaps at the weekend. Uh, he's the clear target leader. He turned uh, 10 targets into six catches for 34 yards. Not much um, after the catch. Um, he's historically had a lot of injuries, Shepard, and I think he's just coming back from the Achilles, so he's not doing much with yards after the catch at the moment. Uh, Kenny Golladay, uh, he's disappeared. He had the hip injury in uh, Detroit. Saw him miss lots of time in Detroit, and he's, he's not quite been the same since he signed in New York. He got a massive contract, obviously, and um, he's kind of disappeared. He, he had an unspecified surgery in the off-season as well that wasn't mentioned, and then there was reports of him running routes like a, a mannequin, which is uh, never good. Um, he saw just two, two of the total 73 snaps, two snaps the whole game, zero targets, zero receptions. So I think I think Kenny Golladay is on the outs, and I think he probably would have been cut in the summer if it wasn't for the huge cap hit. Um, he was signed by the previous regime as well, so they've got no interest in him. That was another David Gettleman special. Uh, Kadarius Tony. Uh, where do you start with young Joker? Uh, <laughs> quick, he can be used all over the formation. He's he's exceptionally talented. Uh, he can be used around the backfield, but um, I just get the impression he's a bit of an idiot. He missed uh, he missed practice in his rookie year because he had the wrong cleats. <laughs> he was ejected for throwing punches in a game before. I've got I've got a major issue with lads throwing punches at other lads in helmets because <laughs> they're brain dead. Uh, he had issues in college at Florida with gun-related charges, and I just I can't trust Kadarius Tony. I got him in a in a package, in a trade in one of my leagues, but I, I moved him I think within a week because I just didn't know when he'd get arrested and found with a bazooka in his car or something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah I just can't I can't trust him. But um, I, I also you know Brian Dable's come in this summer, and I think he's a he's a classic proper football man he's got a background with Belichick and he's got a background with Alabama and I don't think he's having a single thing to do with Tony so um, yeah another one that was uh, part of the famous David Gettleman regime he was famously overdrafted in the uh, in the first round in 2021 so um, yeah I, I just don't see much of a future there for Tony and then if he's not getting played a lot I think he might end up doing something really stupid but um, Wondell, Wondell Robinson Second round pick in 2022. Um, he was actually taken by the current regime, so they'll probably like him. He could have a fairly decent role when he's back. He's obviously also got very eerily similar tributes, uh, tributes, attributes to Kadarius Tony, bar the nonsense. He's uh, very fast. Uh, he can be used all over the field as well, um, similar to Tony out the backfield. He's just very small in, in uh, stature. That's the only problem with Wanda Robinson, but... Um, Sometimes the shifty guys, that doesn't matter so much. Richie James is currently being used in his role in the slot, but um, they're expected 
one down to take over when when he's fit and Richie James is in his is a seventh round pick of the 49ers in the 2018 draft and this is his fourth year in the league and I just think he's a, he's a squad guy he's just a, a guy on on the right on the roster um he's never done over 400 yards in a full season uh Darius Slayton I don't think we need to spend much time on because the Giants don't and he's in the freeze he's 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 playing with the freeze in practice he was a room and cut candidate the tight end situation could be interesting. I like uh, Daniel Bellinger as a deep sleeper, probably more for Dynasty. Um, classically, rookie tight ends need um, a few years development because they're not only learning blocking schemes, but then the root tree as well. He's six foot five, he's 250, and he's got a 40 time of 4.63, which is excellent for his size. If you, if you consider that Josh Jacobs and, and Clyde Woods Hilaire, they were in the 4.6s for their 40s as well. So he, he's quick and he's big, and those guys tend to do well, but he, he'll need a couple of years. Uh, his catch rate and receiving yards went up year on year at San Diego State as well. So he's one to keep an eye on in future. Very little competition for the role currently. Ricky Seal Jones was there, but I'm not sure if he's injured or cut. Um, he's on the field a lot as well, used for the blocking. So he is always on the field. But going back to David Seals, um, he was signed by the Bills in uh, 2019 as an undrafted free agent. He was um, a converted quarterback as well. And he's uh, offensive coordinator for his first spell at the Bills. He was there with Brian Dayball. Uh, he was released in 2019 and he signed with the Giants. And he's been alternating between the 52 and the practice squad for near on two years. But um, he had a very good summer camp. And Brian Dayball was very impressed with him. Um, he, was, he liked both Seals and Colin Johnson come out in support of both. And I think it's because they were big bodied receivers and he was using them in camp because of the issues of Kenny Golladay. Uh, he's six foot three, uh, he's 211 pounds and he runs a 457.40, so fairly average uh, athlete-wise, but he's just a big-bodied receiver that was taking snaps while Golladay was out. And he seems to have impressed Brian Dayball, but he's also built a rapport with, with Daniel Jones. Um, he, he's another one. He, he was on the field a lot at the weekend. I think he was on the field for the most snaps from the wide receivers from the Giants. Uh, he was in for 67 of the 73 total snaps. And that was the most out of all wide receivers for the Giants. And that's obviously due to his size for blocking assignments for the runs. But it also means he's on the field if ever Jones does check out of the run play and, you know, Seals is on the pitch there that we can catch a pass. Uh, he only caught three of his four targets for 37 yards. Um, it's a bit of a modest stat line, but that could increase. Um, he's one to sort of pick up very, very cheap. I imagine he's on waivers everywhere and these sort of, gambles are the ones you can take very cheaply if he does anything then you've got an asset you can either sell or he'll get you points or you can drop him in a couple of weeks if he amounts to nothing which is also possible yeah i mean say someone being on the field for that many snaps just straight away it's, uh, it's a, a massive upside isn't it just because i mean if he's out there as you say he can always catch a pass i mean miles kenny Golladay. are we just Dropping him now is there um, any hope? I've literally been out on him since he left Detroit. I think I really liked him in Detroit, but I just can't. I can't. I, I don't really. He just doesn't seem to be bothered anymore. It's like he just doesn't really care. It's like I got paid now, so like you know, there's nothing else to do. Again, as David said, two snaps. Like, what's the point? He's yeah. he's just yeah. I think he's he's. You kind of want to hang on to him just in case. Yeah. He gets traded or something like that because you know fresh start it works for some people, but I I I don't have him anywhere. There's someone in my home dynasty league that keeps offering me to offering him to me like 
on a weekly basis. And I keep me- <laughs> I keep messaging him on WhatsApp like, stop it. I don't want anything to do with this guy at all. Like, I think he realizes I, when he drafted him, I was like, this is a mistake, by the way, because yeah, just not not great. I just yeah, it's a shame because again, really really good player at Detroit, but it just hasn't really gone anywhere with um, New York. And yeah, sadly, I'm completely out on him. That's the thing. You you can't trade him now, can you? No one wants him. So yeah. it's basically either drop or keep, isn't it? But yeah, I, I, if you need the roster spot for someone else, then I think you can definitely drop him. Um, mm. Right, on to the Cowboys, David. Tony Pollard, can he now be selected regardless of Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, so I think there is a chance that you can. I've always, Zeke's always been the number one in Dallas. You know, he, he's got the big contract. Jerry Jones loves him. Zeke is, you know, they love their running backs. Zeke's always been their man. I've always thought the same. I've always been quite high on Zeke. I think he's really good. He gets, he got a lot of stick last year, but I think he was injured and banged up a lot. And he still went over a thousand yards last year. I've, I really like Zeke. I think he's the undisputed number one. I'm not contesting that, that Pollard's coming in and taking over Zeke's role because I don't think that's ever going to happen. A lot of people thought that would happen, but I wasn't one of those. I just think that there's a chance that you can use Pollard, even if even if Zeke is there now. Um, they were fairly even in splits, in snaps in week one against the Buccaneers. Um, this past week, Zeke had more snaps. He had 41 of the 61 total snaps, whereas Pollard only had 24 to 61. They had equal targets in week one, but um, in week two, Pollard led targets seven to two. So he's being used a lot in the passing game, uh, Tony Pollard. He's very, very explosive. I don't know if you saw his, his touchdown at the weekend, but he's he's very mm-hmm. explosive. He, he, he exploded on the um, the pass and down that line. He's very, very quick. Um, they spoke about using him more in the, in, in the slot during the summer because they've obviously got their wide receiver issues. They've only really got C.D. Lamb. I mean, I know Noah Brown's doing fine at the minute, but I don't see that lasting and... I think, what is he, 27, 28? He's never really done anything in the league. Mm. I think he's just, just another guy. So they, they, they spoke about using Pollard more um, in the slot and they've seemed to stuck to their word. They're using him more um, on routes as well. Um, he's an excellent receiver. Um, he's one of the, the Memphis guys in the last three years. Memphis have had Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard, Antonio Gibson and Kenneth Gainwell. And all of them, when they're at Memphis, uh, has had time in the slot or they were wide receivers in general. I know Antonio Gibson was a wide receiver, but they've all got excellent hands. So it's clearly something that Memphis either develops or they recruit guys that are, that are good with both uh, sides of the game. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm quite high on Tony Pollard. And, and personally, I've got him in quite a lot of leagues. I picked him up. I tried to get him cheap in leagues just as, as a, an injury um, insurance for Zeke. But I now think that he, um, he can be usable and he's got his own role, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Josh, does Cooper Rush in the lineup make you sort of higher on the Cowboys running backs, or do you think it hinders them? Because obviously that threat of the passing game isn't quite there like it is with Dak. No, and I think we've mentioned that the wide receiving department is struggling. Um, obviously, CD Lamb's probably the number one receiver in there. We've mentioned about Noah Brown doing okay. Obviously, Gallup, I think he's potentially fit for week three, so maybe get one of the receivers back. But yeah. I'd be pushing. I've always liked Zeke as well. I've had him in a couple of teams for a couple of years. Um, I've not really touched Pollard, to be fair. Um, But yeah, the snaps between them could be quite even most weeks. And like you said, Pollard probably pushes more in the the passing game. But I don't think the the change at quarterback really should have too much of an impact. 
Um, but I think the issue is in the wide receiving department rather than the quarterback department. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Right, um, we are going to move on to a bit of a community game. Um, Packers and the Bucks, two teams we haven't spoken about over these two weeks, but there's plenty going on there, isn't there? Uh, Miles, which wide receivers can we trust now from the Packers going forward? Because it's a bit of a mess, isn't it? We don't really know from week to week. Is it? Is it Lazard? Is he? Is he the main man there? Or I, I literally like? don't know who to. Like, I don't even think Aaron Rodgers knows which receiver to trust. It's quite tricky. I think he's relying so much on his running backs, and the young guys are taking a while to develop. Which you know you have to expect. He's got to be patient. So I there isn't really a sure start wide receiver on the Packers roster for me at the moment um I liked Watson in college but you know he's you know he had that terrible drop in the first week and then he mistimed his uh end around didn't he um on the weekend and ended up the ball just got snapped into him or something like that so I think he he's he's one bad game away from the Aaron Rodgers doghouse so um yeah, I was yeah, going to say, just... luckily, luckily Aaron Rodgers is very forgiving of those sort of things, isn't he? <laughs> so, yeah, probably zero targets rest of the season if he's bad week three. Um, but, yeah, just, I, yeah, Packers, not really anyone there that I can really trust short term. I liked Romeo Dobbs, Dubs. They commentators say Dobbs, but it's it's spelled Dubs. I'm going to say Dubs. So, yeah, I like Romeo Dubs. He had a couple of catches uh, at the weekend, but... He's not ready yet, but he's quite an athletic player. He took a took one of his catches for like twenty yards or something like that. So, yeah, he's he's good. But again, there's no sure starts there. Watkins was pretty good, but he barely stays healthy, does he? So, yeah, yeah it's a bit hit and miss. So, yeah, no one on the Packers I would really feel comfortable starting, other than the running backs and Rogers. So just sort of filling in injuries yeah. and buys if you need them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not Watkins got more most targets on that team last week before, yeah. so no one, uh, no one can feel too confident in. I mean, David, running backs. I mean, they both. We just spoke about the Cowboys, both of them being viable. Is that the same in uh, Green Bay? I mean, what do they get? Eighteen carries for Dylan, fifteen for Jones. It's pretty good going, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think probably they are both usable because they're probably similar to to Zeke and Pollard, where where Dylan's more the ground game guy and and. He can catch, obviously, like Zeke can as well, and they're both decent in the pass in the passing game as it is. But I think Jones and Pollard are the the guys that can split out. They're the guys on that can play in the slot, or they're the guys that can split out wide. But yeah, they're very similar. I think that Aaron Rodgers really, really likes Aaron Jones. He's always seemed to really like him when he's played with him, and and half the time winning Aaron Rodgers' trust is a big thing in Green Bay. I think, but um, yeah, I think both of them are probably usable. You know, you might have. Uh, you know, where one of them has a spike week one week and one of them has a spike week the next week. And, you know, you might get 30 from one week from one of them and then 10 the next week from the other. But I think that might be how it goes all season. But, you know, if you're getting 10 points from one of them, you know, don't, you're happy with double figures, you know, it helps. But, um, yeah, they could just be out doing each other. Or, but, yeah, I think they're both viable to start. Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, uh, I think it's feeling earlier. There's not many teams that are going to have better options than like AJ Dillon as the... If you're calling him a second running back, I think Jones is a must start, isn't he? But I mean, there's not going to be many t- options better than Dylan at that sort of stage of a team, is it? But um, yeah, pretty good running backs there. Um, Josh, Mike Evans suspended for one game. I mean, we don't know if Chris Godwin's going to be playing this week. I mean, I think he um, was a hamstring injury. He was out with this week after that first game back after 
however long it was off. I mean, does this open up an opportunity for other players there? Um, if so, which which players would you like to take a punt on? I mean, is it Miller, Gage, maybe, Perriman? I think, uh, ironically, I've just uh, seen that um, Mike Evans has challenged his, his ban, so uh, <laughs> whether that's going to... Um, seem suspended or not for that game. I think it, it will be upheld. So, yeah. but yeah, looking at that, obviously, I think Julio Jones is obviously out injured as well. So it does open the window for Gage Miller and Perryman, like you mentioned. I like Scott Miller. Um, he's he's come up clutch in a couple of, I think he, uh, his name was probably mentioned most in that um, Super Bowl running year where he caught that uh, big catch in the playoffs, which I think right on the stroke of half time, I can't remember which game it was now, which uh, turned the game on its head. And but yeah, he's more than capable. Um, been there a while now, obviously. But you look at last year's numbers, and I think I'm just looking at nine targets for 38 yards. So it's not really much going there, and a couple of rushes for one touchdown. It's it's quite difficult when you've got such big names. Obviously the they had the Gronk at tight end as well and the wide receivers that they have had in there. You're looking at these these wide receivers lower down the order and the numbers. You, you can't pick a wide receiver on numbers. Um, and we, we mentioned it with, with Green Bay, the numbers that we're talking that the wide receivers there. You can't look at their numbers because they had Devontae Adams. It, it's, it's so difficult. Yeah. It's why they've got, when they're losing names like that, um, the, the 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 books are lacking at tight end now for me. Um, since Gronk has gone, um, I don't think they've really put a much of a replace. I think Rudolph ended up going there, didn't he? Um, but it's not something that Brady's going to really attack. So yeah, there's no reason that the wide receiving department can't pick up on this. Evans not being there, but I think maybe they're going to be looking at Fournette to to turn up the season now. I was uh, I was I was quite high on Russell Gage when he when he went there. They paid him a fairly decent uh, chunk of money, and apparently Brady called him and and, and asked for him. But um, this last weekend was his chance because you had Godwin out. Um, you had Evans obviously ejected from the game. Um, Gage should have been manning the slot and should have been getting a fairly decent um, target, but he, he didn't at all. And today they've signed Cole Beasley, so it kind of suggests that they might be on the outfield Russell Gage anyway. So. Yeah, I think Nessie's that could be his opportunity gone, Russell Gage. Yeah, I mean, David, are you picking up Cole Beasley? Are you uh, are you taking a punt on him that NG could do something there? I mean, he looks like a Tom Brady receiver, doesn't he? <laughs> we got all the a short little white guy. He's uh, <laughs> he's basically everything Tom Brady loves. Um, are you picking him up? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm personally not a Beasley fan. Yeah, what is yeah. he? 33, 34? Um, yeah. yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of players for him to get ahead of, isn't there? And Miles, I mean, you've you've seen him a lot. Um, are you worried about Tom Brady at all? Only two touchdowns through two games, and they're missing a lot of weapons. Yeah, from a from a fantasy standpoint, uh, there are some you know red flags around Brady, but you know, I love him. I will say that, love him, <laughs> great player. But yeah, fantasy wise kind of leading towards a QB2 in Superflex at the moment because he's just, yeah, it's just, I mean, game script-wise, just hasn't really, you know, he hasn't needed to be great. I think he the, both the wins this season so far, he's just did, he's just had to do, he's done what he's had to do. I think if if it if he's called upon to, you know, produce a big game, he's there, but that's that solid QB2 floor. I just don't really see him as, you know, 
you know, he hasn't had a big Lamar Tua-esque game like like those two have so far yet. Um, but you know, it's there, the possibilities there. But at the moment, he's a he's a safe guy to have. You know, I wouldn't drop him if you know, just to make that clear. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think mean, I'd be starting Brady in week three against Green Bay because I just feel like that's his type of game. Mm. <laughs> yeah. He just seems such an angry person this season. I mean, like, like my, I love the man, obviously, with what he did it in New England, but he just, he just seems very angry. I mean, <laughs> two low-scoring games so far, two away wins from home. Do we, obviously, we all probably believe that it is his final season, so was he just literally trying to see it through, get the job done and do it quite peacefully and not get injured so he sees it through and not bother about anybody who's got him in the fantasy teams. I do, I do, I do think there might be something else going on with him behind the scenes. Yeah. He, had, he obviously had the, the 10 days off uh, during the off-season. I know there were rumours of the mask singer, so if he does turn up <laughs> on that, I'm going to be very annoyed. But I do <laughs> yeah, I do, I do. think there is, there's something else going on with him. You know, Giselle come out the other day with her quote about doing things she wants to do one day. And I don't know, he just looks gaunt sometimes in his interviews. Yeah. You know, we've, we've had it on the uh, on the DMs where we've sent pictures in of him and he, he just doesn't look right. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's something going on with him. It was a bit, all a bit weird around the Buccaneers at the weekend. Yeah. You know, Bruce Arians was on the side and Jason Licht was on the side. And it's like, what, what are these guys doing on the side? You know, especially Bruce Arians. I mean, there was rumours he doesn't get on with Brady. And I don't know. I don't know why he was out there. But yeah, something's going on at the Buccaneers for me. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it just looks like one of people's like almost got the weight of the world on him at the moment, doesn't he? That sort of, it was just yeah, it was, it was a bit tired. But I don't know how much of that is the uh, the off season, um, like what what we calling it upgrades to his face. Uh, I'm not really sure uh, how to call it, but you know, whatever whatever he's had done, he definitely uh, looks a bit different, doesn't he? He doesn't quite look the same, the same Brady. Um, right, well, we will move on to our sort of college player spotlight, I guess. Um, I mean, David, you picked this week's player. I think uh, you've got plenty to say about him. But um, go on, do you want to you want to sort of intro us into to this player this week? Yeah. So I've explained before that I'm I'm quite a nerd, and I can sometimes be found on a Saturday watching college football. And I've caught a few um, Ohio Ohio State games last year, and kind of fell in love with Jackson Smith and Jigba. He was um, electric at times um, for me last year. Um, obviously, from the famed Ohio State wide academy, uh, wide receiver factory, you know, they've produced quite a few. Um, a lot of it, they reckon, is down to the wide receiver coach, Brian Hartline. He's now been made the passing game coordinator, but he, he plays a huge part in the wide receiver recruitment as well. He promises to um, develop these wide receivers um, as NFL ready. Um, since 2016, some of the Ohio State receivers include Michael Thomas, Curtis Samuel, Paris Campbell, Terry McLaurin, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave. So that's in the last six years those guys have come out of Ohio State. Um, in 2021, the, the Ohio State room um, contained Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, and, Jigba uh, and Jigba was the, C, the junior of the group, but he actually finished the season as wide receiver one. Uh, he was a four-star recruit out of Rockwall High School in Texas. Fairly quiet um, freshman year, but he broke out in his sophomore year. Um, Ohio State line him up all over the formation. Um, he, he's been used in the backfield flaring out that I've seen on an occasion. Uh, they use him on the slot. They use him outside at X. They use him on bubble sweep. They use him all over. 
as as I said before, Brian Hartline tends to try them all over the formation and develop them. I guess that's part of making them NFL ready. But um, yeah, he's used all around. He's very very good after the catch as well. Um, when you watch him, he's 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 always juking and he's he's making people miss. He's very very good after the catch. Um, he's got the Ohio State record for single game receptions with 15 and the single game receiving yards with 347, uh, both in the 2022 Rose Bowl against uh, Utah. Uh, he's listed as six foot and 197 and there are some questions about his size and his top end speed. This was recorded at high school was 46240. So not the quickest, but, you know, he's got time to develop that and he's also got time to get bigger and 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 work on his physical aspect. Um, he's projected as um, a 2023 top three wide receiver selection. You know, you're going to have Keishon Butte up there and Jordan Addison. But um, for me, I, I really, Jackson Smith and Jigba is my number one. I really, really like him. I'm going to be trying to get him everywhere. But um, yeah, he's, he's going to, he's, I think he's going to come out top 10 for me next year in the draft, all positions. Uh, if you want to catch up on anything, uh, any watching, try and catch that 2022, uh, 2021 Rose Bowl game against Utah when he, he set the records because uh, he was amazing. But um, yeah, if you can try and catch a game with him. He's injured at the moment. Um, he got injured in their first game, I believe, and he mm. didn't play last weekend, I don't think. But yeah, try and watch him if you can, because he's, uh, he's fairly electric and um, I'm going to be all over him next year. I mean, Miles, I mean, where does he fit in among those Ohio State receivers from last year? I mean, Alave and Garrett have had pretty good starts so far. I mean, is he better than those two? Well, I, I, the Ohio State staff seem to think so. I mean, again, as uh, David said, he's kind of not quite the size you would want. Um, he's not necessarily the quickest guy. So he's got a few things to develop. But if, you know, from a college level, if he's better than those two, then yeah. once, you know, once he could probably miss half the season to, as a lot of guys do and just to get ready for the NFL. So if he can get that physicality up, then he's, you know, probably the wide receiver one of the class. He's up there. I mean, for me, it's between him and, and Jordan Addison. But yeah, um, I think, yeah, if he just bulks up a little bit and, you know, if he's again, health is a question mark at the moment. But yeah. If he can just, you know, keep stay consistent, bulk up a bit, then there's no reason why he can't be the first receiver off the board and, you know, show that he's better than the two Ohio State guys that, that came out this year. I like uh, I like Jordan Addison as well. I've not yeah. seen a lot of, of Keishon Butte, but I, I do like Addison as well. But I think he's going to be those three guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think his size is like that big of a deal. I mean, he's bigger than Devontae Smith was. I mean, the same sort of height, isn't he? But... I mean, what, 20-odd pounds higher than uh, than he was when he came out? And I mean, I don't think it's really been a big problem for him, has it? But, um, I mean, Josh, Patriots could be picking in the top of the draft next year if, uh, <laughs> if things head where they are. I mean, probably need a wide receiver. Um, is he somebody, somebody you would uh, like the Pats to look at come next year? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, I'd like to think we're not going to be too too high in the draft to be to be interested to be funny enough I did actually look at a couple of the early mock drafts and I think the lowest he went was 12th to actually New England so um yeah I like um it was mentioned I did actually watch the Rose Bowl um highlights earlier and I knew we were going to talk about him um and he actually did remind me a little bit of Devontae Smith 
and the way the other way he sets up. Um, but yeah, the height is it really an issue? I mean, look at some of the wide receivers that, well, even New England have had Edelman was was never a big person, and there's there's plenty out there that aren't very big at wide receiving. So I won't even be looking at that as an issue for any team really. Um, but I must say, he already looks good in that Jaguar shirt that he's going to be in next year. <laughs> I mean, Mind I, you, I, I think Trevor Lawrence has improved. It. I think he's going to yeah. do fine there, actually. Yeah. I mean, as someone who really likes Trevor Lawrence, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that to be honest. And uh, yeah. someone who goes to a lot of the London games, it'd be quite good to see him each year, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely someone to keep an eye on. Um, if somebody just sort of watches the odd bit of a uh, college, definitely someone to sort of look into his highlights because he is uh, pretty incredible. Um, we are going to move on to some of the trades and uh, the well, we'll talk about that after, but we'll do trades first um, from all the first and 10 leagues this week. Um, we had a couple of uh, pretty decent trades. Um, first up, Keenan Allen, a 24 second and a 24 third for George Kittle and a 23 second. I mean, David, what do you think of that one? I mean, Kittle fan, but I mean, there's health an issue there. Yeah, I'm a I've always been a really big Kittle fan. I, I liked him in his very, very early days at the 49. I think he used to say to you back in the day that I really liked him, but more and more lately, he's just injured and the 49ers tend to use him more and more and more in the blocking game. And he, he's just, I don't know, he's just not been used as he should be. It's a little bit like, as we said with Hawkinson earlier, that he's just not using the passing game. He's an actual beast when he's used for them. I think last year he had a couple of games where he went right off just... He catches everything. He's excellent after the catch, but it's just you're not seeing you're not seeing that so much now. You're seeing him on injury reports, and yeah, he's just not seeing the field as much. And when he is, this is a blocker. So I'm I'm not trying to pick Kittle up these days. I've got him in some, and I'm just I'm going to keep him because uh, you know he's not really tradable either at the minute. So you just keep him and see what you can get from him. So yeah, I won't be trading for him, but yeah, I, I love Kittle. It's just the use of him. Um, Miles, I mean Kittle, do you? Give him more upside with Garoppolo in the lineup, or sort of... uh, I think with Kittle again, it's like he's a very good tight end, and again, bit too good at being a tight end that sometimes it hurts his fantasy performance. And I kind of think, yeah, with Jimmy G back, they seem to have a good chemistry before, but again, Kittle is such a you know yards after catch guy sometimes that you know you just dump the ball off on a check down and he does the rest. So, but now they've got Debo doing that, it's kind of like. What you know, I think I, I like Kittle, but from a fancy standpoint, I think he's too expensive for someone you want to move for. So, yeah, I think there are some better options out there, not many, but yeah, I don't, I'm more of an Andrews guy. So, I think Kittle will be fine as a, as a starting tight end in, in everywhere, but there's definitely better you can get. And with Jimmy G, I don't think that will affect him much. I still think it'll be a really uh, consistent option. I think that you've you've kind of summed that up there because while they're dumping it off to Debo or, or giving Debo carries, it's, it's actually Kittle clearing the way for him and not getting the ball. Yeah, yeah. still still a great real life tight end, isn't he? But fantasy yeah, maybe great, a bit great to watch. Yeah, bit tougher to uh, to go for. Um, next trade we had Derek Carr and twenty twenty three second rounder uh, for Russell Wilson. I mean, Josh, what do you what do you think of Russell Wilson now? It's not exactly been a a great start in uh, to life in Denver, is it? But um, I mean, how do you feel about that one? I mean, on, on the face of it, Russell Wilson's worth a lot more in terms of uh, where he was drafted this year and all those sort of things. But 
would you rather have the Wilson side or prefer a car? Yeah, I think it's um, it's actually quite a difficult one because you could probably say the Raiders haven't had the start that they probably expected or wanted this year as well. Um, I went quite heavy on the Raiders um, before any uh, balls were thrown this season, but unfortunately they're <laughs> starting to, to sway me the other way from what I've seen so far, uh, especially that second half at the weekend. Um, it's, it's difficult. Um, I've, no, I've never really been a big fan of what they've got there in Denver versus what they've got obviously now at Las Vegas. Um, so for me, if somebody's offering me car for Wilson, I'm, I'm probably swaying towards the, the Derek Carr side of things. Especially that second in there as a sweetener. Yeah. Um, next up, we've got um, a couple of trades. And I just want to look at like trade calculators because so many people use them. Um, some people basically live by them. Um, <laughs> I mean, so first up, we had Marcus Mariota traded for a 2023 third rounder. Um, I mean, just straight off the bat. I mean, David, what do you think of that one? I mean, cheap for a starting quarterback in a super flex league? Uh, it's probably cheap in a, in a super flex league. I think I did one for Mariota recently where I traded Mariota in a fourth for a second or something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, in super flex, quarterbacks are more expensive and, you know, he, he probably is um, more valuable than a 23 third. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know what it'd probably be second plus, wouldn't it, for Mariota? Yeah, I think so. And especially if you're a team that's got, I don't know, Dak or someone like that, someone who's gone down, you can... If you can get it for that cheap, then, I mean, it's an easy feeling, isn't it? Um, I mean, next up, the trade. I mean, it's not a particularly interesting trade on its own, but uh, Albert O, I'm not going to try and say his name. Um, it's not happening. Uh, for a 23 third rounder, same as Mariota. When I put these through the trade calculator, I actually had Albert O as more valuable than Marcus Mariota in a super flex league. I mean, is anyone taking, not taking the Mariota side in that? Or are, are, we, are we all Mariota? Yeah, yeah, I'm Mario too. Yeah, yeah. I say I think I think this just highlights just some people, some people's use of trade calculator as a bit of a hindrance to uh, yeah to trades, aren't they? Because I mean, if you put this through the calculator, I mean, no one ever thinks that what the tight end 15, 16, mm. 20, maybe I don't know what he is now. I mean, nobody's taking that over a starting quarterback in any Superflex league, are they? Yeah, I just think a lot of people in Dynasty just overvalue age so much. Like, they're like, right, mm. a young guy, that's that guy is worth 10 times more than the old guy. But, yeah, I, mean, I think that's probably what's happened there. Also, it, maybe got carried away with that him being on a Russell Wilson offense. Yeah. I mean, he's on pace this year for 43 receptions and 281 yards, so... I mean, I don't know any any quarterback that's probably even starting one game is probably more valuable than that, isn't he? But um, <laughs> I mean, the last one I mentioned it, but I mean, we don't need to discuss it much. Is was Gage for Hilliard? I mean, it's a bit of a nothing trade, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. Russell Gage, I suppose, is going to get an opportunity now. Um, we'll move on to the probably the more interesting things and something that we do differently in the first and ten dynasty leagues. Um, we actually have poaching, so. I'll explain it quickly. Um, I'll do the quick version. Basically, anyone on a taxi squad is vulnerable to be poached um, during a poaching window each week. Uh, it starts at Wednesday at lunchtime through to when their game starts. Uh, basically, the same sort of period that like, waivers and free agency run. Um, you can, If you want to poach a player from another player's taxi squad, you have to pay one round higher than where they were drafted in the rookie draft. So... Um, I, if players are drafted in the third round and you want to steal them from someone else's taxi squad you have to pay him a second. So pretty simple. Um, but I think it adds a nice little 
flavour to first and ten leagues. Um, and I think it's definitely something I'd recommend adding. Um, but we ha- we had a bit of controversy this week because um, a couple of people didn't know the rules properly and uh, were not happy when <laughs> players uh, were taken off their squads. But we will start from the top and maybe we'll talk about them once when we get there because there are two players that uh, were picked off in a lot of leagues. But um, first up, we had Dotson taking for a first. I mean, David, I know you're a big fan. Um, do you pay that first for him? Um, I don't know about a high first because I'd obviously have the chance of missing my boy Smith and Jigba, but um, I don't mind. I don't mind if it's a late first. I don't mind like a 110, 111, 112. I think I took Dotson at 112 in one league and I think it's almost become laughable the amount of leagues I've tried to pick Dotson up in. I just, I really liked him this year, but um, yeah, late first for me, not not an early one because I wouldn't yeah. want to miss and Jigba. Yeah, if you fancy your team as a contender, then he's somebody that uh, might be able to take you over the top if uh, things carry on the way yeah. they're going, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, next up, we had Malik Willis taken for a first. Then Josh, do you think that one's going to pay off anytime soon, or is that just a pick, one for the future? Yeah, I think um, you're probably looking at one for the future. Um, I think uh, this the poaching for me is not one of my strong points. I try and keep my taxi squads nice and um, nice and clear, so nobody can get <laughs> <laughs> and mess around with anything that I've already dragged in. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably one for the future for me. Okay. Big price, isn't it? But yeah, starting quarterback, as you said, is uh, worth plenty. So if he gets in sometime soon, then... Jud- judging by last night, I think he might be getting in sooner than expected. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, things don't look good in Tennessee, do they? No. Um, next up, we have Brian Robertson. I mean, I think it's been announced that he's back, sort of doing a bit more practice, isn't it, um, this week? And he was taken for a second in one league and a third in another. I mean... Miles, if he comes in and gets a, any decent amount of uh, carries, that's is that a bargain? Yeah, I think it's. I mean, a second is pretty decent standard price, really, for a backup yeah. running back. But he's a lead. But he was the lead coming into the season before he got shot. So <laughs> you kind of think, well, actually, now someone's left them. I'm, I'm guessing these are the people that are a bit unhappy because you're leaving what is essentially he was the lead back coming into the season on your taxi. And you've lost him for next to nothing, really, especially with that third rounder. So, yeah, I'd, I'd take that any day. I'd be if I, I know if I sent out a second to, for Brian Robinson, uh, I would get laughed away. I think in most places. So, yeah, that's a that's a steal right there. Only only coach. in the NFL as well. You could you have a guy out because he's been shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very NFL injury, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, and that he's coming back pretty quick is uh, it's yeah. pretty good news. I mean, next up, we'll go. For, we'll go for a couple of controversial ones. These were one of these was one that caused someone to quit a league. Um, oh wow! Yeah, um, I mean, David, I think you're in that in that league, aren't you? I think you're in the one where it happened. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely yeah. in it. <laughs> shout out to uh, Macho Grande. Um, you know, he's in a, in a few leagues. Not the first time he's quit him, is it? But uh, what can you do? Um, Azar Pacheco, whoever you say his name, um, he went for a third in one league, third in that specific league, and a fourth. I mean, you're taking him there at that price, that's basically a must poach, isn't it? Yeah, for the for the fourth, I think I'd say I'd probably take a gamble, but not not for the thirds. I'm not I'm not super high on Pacheco. I'm I'm more higher. I'm I'm probably one in the minority that's quite high on quite Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super high on Pacheco, but I think for a fourth, you can't really go wrong. 
yeah, I mean, at that price, you're just throwing darts at him, aren't you, normally? So yeah. you might as well have somebody who's got a bit of hype around him. And then the other one that was, I don't know, this, I don't know which one will come first, to be honest, but uh, Kyle Phillips, I mean, the most poached player this week. Mm. Um, he went for a third in three leagues and a fourth in three leagues. I mean, good value there. I mean, didn't have the greatest game last night, did he? Um, <laughs> I mean, a lot of hype after week one when he got a few targets, but I mean, yeah. Would you would you have quit a league over losing him for a f- uh, third? No, <laughs> like come on, that's the, maybe that was just a reason. Maybe he wanted it out, and that was just the yeah. the straw. Because I mean, like, I just think a fourth is is it's worth for the for the person that poached him. Yeah, great. A fourth is a dart throw, basically. Yeah. So yeah, it's worth it in the draft. So yeah, I'm happy to give a fourth for him. Could could be the second option on that team, especially as you know. The tight ends a bit underwhelming. Yeah. I took um, a, I took but, Carl Phillips uh, for a fourth in one of those leagues. That one of them was me. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, saw yeah, that. Definitely take them. Um, we got a few more. Um, Danny Gray went for a fourth. Isaiah Likely went for a couple of fifths. Um, in two, well, a fifth in two different leagues. Then Jordan Mesa went for a fifth. Um, fifth rounder is anyone that was undrafted. I mean, any of them jump out at you? I mean, Likely seemed quite a popular yeah. person to be taken. Yeah, like Likely had four catches, didn't he, at the weekend? Yeah, I so. like Isaiah like, Likely. I was going to take him for a fifth in one of my leagues, but then Joe's got him in uh, one of our leagues, moved him about 10 minutes before the deadline. <laughs> so, yeah, I was I was nabbing him. I had the, I had the uh, right up ready to take him, but um, yeah, he moved him quickly. I like um, Isaiah like, Likely as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously Josh uh, doesn't take advantage of poaching, but I mean... <laughs> um, Mars and David, are you poachers? Do you, do you like the poaching? I've, in I've actually never poached anyone, and then this week I went. I like I was like, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look through and poach and poach, <laughs> and then in one league I'm in with David, um, the guy who won it last season poached Kyle Phillips, and I was like, great, that was the guy I was gonna go for. So <laughs> haven't actually poached anyone yet. I've left a bit of low hanging fruit in in my taxi squads somewhere. You know, just thinking, oh, I could maybe get, you know, if someone wants to give me a first or a second for this geezer, then yeah. But I'm, yeah, I haven't, I haven't poached anyone as of yet because the one guy I wanted just got snapped up. So I've, I like, um, I like Jordan Mason for a fifth as well. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. At that price, anyone with any sort of upside is worth it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, say, I, I really do like poachers, though. Obviously, I did it in what, two years ago now, three years ago. But yeah, I think it adds a nice little, uh, edge to the leagues and say so, cause a bit of controversy each week when it, that first week when most of the poaching happens so uh yeah always good to see that I say it, i think it just takes away that we have seven taxi spots i know that's quite a lot but where it's where they're sort of not just extra roster spots it sort of makes i mean waivers a bit not quite as thin and yeah i think it's definitely a good addition and something i'd uh, definitely recommend people looking at um we are going to look back at some of our Hits and misses from last week. Um, David, do you want to go first? I mean, you, you had a pretty good week, I believe. Yeah, I'm, I've got a bit lucky last week. I mean, I suggested um, Ashton Doolin. He led the, um, I mean, the Colts were dreadful and Matt Ryan in particular was awful. But um, Ashton Doolin led the Colts in targets and receptions and he, he hit 13.2 PPR points. Five out of seven receptions for 79 yards. So, yeah, that was that was quite a nice uh, hit from last week. And Evan Ingram, I suggested last week, he led the Jaguars in targets this week, 11.2 PPR points. Um, he went seven out of eight targets for 46 yards. 
Jacoby Myers, I think, was um, a fairly easy hit, really. I think he's he's excellent. I think a lot of people know about him. But um, he led the Patriots in targets and receptions. 18.5 PPR points, uh, 9 of 13 for 95 yards. As usual with Myers, don't really go near 100 and don't really score a touchdown. But, he, yeah, he does everything. But um, I did have a dud. Uh, I did suggest Jalen Warren, and um, I, I think he saw four or five snaps. I think he, yeah, he, he didn't do anything. But you, you're going to need the you're going to need the Najee injury for any sort of Jalen Warren hit. But yeah, he was a dud this week. Didn't even didn't even really spell Najee Harris, and he's he's carrying a foot injury, so yeah, it doesn't look good. But um, I mean, in fairness, you did say that it was basically <laughs> of on a on a Harris injury, didn't you? Never really said he was mm. going to do much this week. Yeah, but yeah, I'll I'll take the three from four. I'm I'm happy with that. And uh, Miles, again, good week for you as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, other than I said, obviously, Devontae Adams was a must start and that, you know, that blew up in my face. That's probably, that was the safest bet of the week. And <laughs> yeah. it was, yeah, and it just blew up. Um, also, remember, do I did say that all the Bengals starters would be worth starting, but Higgins was the only one to be, like, really good. I think Burrow and Chase were pretty average, um, as was, as was, um, um, Hurst. So, but then on the other side, Greg Dorch, solid. Mm. Being in PPR, he scored like 14, 15 points, something like that. So, yeah, solid play from him. Um, told you all to stay away from James Connor. Hopefully, everyone listened because that guy is a bum and he <laughs> did terribly. Eno Benjamin and Daryl Williams outcarried him at the weekend. They both had eight carries. Connor had seven. And old Connor had the lowest yards per carry out of. Williams, Benjamin, and Kyler as well. So, yeah, just got to steer clear of that guy. I sold him in the only league I've got him. I think I've got a, got a second for him, and the person who has him is bottom of the league. So, hopefully, that's a that's two hundred one. When you was but, doing yeah. your when you was doing your piece on um, James Connor last week, I was I was sitting here smiling and nodding. <laughs> <laughs> feel, uh, you I'll hate feel, him. I know you hate him. <laughs> yeah, I feel exactly the same. Yeah, I just yeah he's. He done. He was brilliant last year. I have to admit, but yeah, I'm I'm not a fan. I just think he's yeah, but he was too touchdown dependent last year. That's the thing. Yeah. Like he yeah. was solid, but he was too touchdown dependent. I quite like you know Benjamin for for a dart throw as well. Yeah, I mean, especially if uh, it doesn't look like Connor's injury is too serious, but I mean Benjamin's definitely someone who I think he's going to get some work, even if he is out there, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, Josh, this is your debut on the uh, fantasy show, but I mean, do you want to make up some players that you recommended last week? <laughs> yeah, I recommended two or six or more. <laughs> that is a good um, call. Yeah, and I also predicted that there'd be a kickoff return for a touchdown, which I believe there was in Baltimore. So yeah, two out of two for me. <laughs> Lovely work. <laughs> um, I think that brings us to a close. So we're going to do that every week, just sort of look back at our hits and misses because you know it's always good to uh, say where we've hit and where we've missed, in particular because you know. A bit of accountability and all that. Um, I mean, Josh, where can, where can people find you on Twitter and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at jcaps underscore. Um, Miles, what about you? Uh, at Miles Burrell on Twitter. And uh, David, so any uh, any fresh stalkers since last week? <laughs> uh, no, no new stalkers currently, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm at a, a just ranking 20. So yeah, pop on there for a quick stalk and uh, yeah. <laughs> Her just talk has got a new account now. And you can find us at first and ten underscore and first and ten on Facebook and 
you know, first and ten, just search first and ten. We're, we're we're basically everywhere. I mean, some of them get less used than others, but um, Twitter's where we mainly are. But yeah, um, yeah, give us a follow and make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Um, that will do us until next week. So remember to go and drop uh, James Connor, drop Kenny. Trade Holiday. him away. Trade him away for as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. What about Holiday? Just dropping him. We're just yeah. we're just gonna go straight out yeah, after this podcast I'm, I'm, and drop yeah. him. I've got him in too many places already. It's so annoying. Don't him, him and Paris Campbell straight in the bin for me. <laughs> um, but that I'll, I'll leave it there, and uh, we will see you next week. <laughs>